I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is the stories we tell. What's up guys? It's your host Jamie Messina with another uh, pretty badass episode if I do say so myself um, coming up for you with Patricia Cook, Miss Alaska. But first, if you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, please go ahead and do that. And if you have like just a little urge to leave us a review after listening to the value um, in this episode, please, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. It will help me reach my goal of reaching as many people as possible. I had said it for a million, but we're gonna, I'm still, let's just go to 100 million and see what happens. Um, but yeah, so that will help me reach my goal of that as well. So let's get into it. We have Patricia Cook, like I said, Miss Alaska. She is um, on Spotify, the Widow Warrior podcast. She is an author, um, published a children's book, I Can See You From The Stars, and just doing some amazing things through her platform that I can't wear. I can't wait to share with all of you. So um, that's enough for me. Let's listen to Patricia Cook. All right, guys, I am here with Trish Cook, Miss Alaska in the house. Um, I am super excited to chat with you. I've been actually geeking out over it all week. And this morning, this morning I was on a TikTok live and uh, I had several people from Alaska on the on the live. So like I was like, oh, you guess who I'm interviewing today? Just, you know, throwing that up, name dropping a little too. So uh, welcome and thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, thank you for inviting me. Um, so the way that we do it here, do you know anything about the podcast at all? Um, I know a little bit, but, um, I would love for you to share more with me. Yeah. Well, my, my goal and my, like what inspires me is, uh, the stories we tell, right? So I know we all, anyone who's doing anything in their life is going to have some ups and downs and in-betweens and a story that they can share to inspire. But in addition to that, maybe like things that you used to tell yourself that you, overcame things and now you tell yourself a different story or or whatever that's why I invited you on I know a little bit about your story um from Kat and so uh like I was just excited to to hear about it so I'm gonna let you kind of tell us give me a little background of yourself so a little bit of background the reason why I'm actually really excited to be on be a guest speaker on your podcast is because what I talk about a lot of people don't feel comfortable talking about, or they haven't, you know, taking command of it to be able to share it with other people. So a little bit of backstory. I became a widow at 33. I was in a beautiful relationship with a man. His name was Stephen Cook, and we were married for about five years. And September 12th, 2017, he was shot and murdered in a triple homicide in Anchorage, Alaska. So um, we had two young kids at the time, they were three and one and a half. And 
I was a young mom, now a widow, and it was like my world just caved in on itself. So to to talk a little bit about where we come from and where we're going and the stories that we're telling, I knew exactly, I knew exactly that my mission was now somehow to help widows rediscover who they are through the process of becoming a widow. And, and also with my kids, I wanted to make sure that they knew that they had a message of hope moving forward through grief because there, I just didn't see a lot of literature out there. And that's why I decided to write a book and become an author. That way more kids can have this message of hope as well. So as Miss Alaska, I know this is a little confusing. I I am representing the state of Alaska, although we live in Colorado Springs. We recently moved here. And by we, I mean me, my partner, Kat, and um, our our kids. So, and actually um, my twin brother came down and he's living with us as well. So we we have a nice big full house here. And our Rocky, our Rocky dog. Um, So representing Alaska, although I don't live there, I'm able to do that through my at-large title. We don't have a state pageant yet for the United States of America system um, or a director. So um, they were taking applications during COVID and the boundaries are kind of down right now with everything kind of being shut down. Now opening up, which is great. Um, But representing Alaska, I feel honored to do that because my roots are there. I was there for 20 years and my family, my friends, you know, everything I started through my platform, losing doesn't mean lost. Um, it all started there. So I'm excited to carry that journey as Miss Alaska. Yeah. Um, so you losing doesn't mean lost that. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So the idea of that platform is to show people that just because you've lost someone, it doesn't mean you have to lose yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. It's all about, it's all about taking back that power that grief takes, takes away from you. Um, and it's also, it's also inspiring widows to that self-discovery. So for me, as a young widow, I was like, my world just got flipped upside down. Who am I? What do I do now? How, how do I do this on my own? And through the process of rediscovering myself, it was all about, you know what? I know there are other widows out there who have no idea who they are now. They, they don't know how to carry on. So I wanna give some inspiration to that and let them know they're, they're not alone in that process. So um, that's, why I just, that's why I started the Widow Warrior podcast this last mm-hmm. summer um, awesome. to, help, to help with that. So let me ask you this. So you were a widow yourself. You said you're devastated, you know, just obviously something like that. You aren't thinking that will ever happen to you. Um, Right. So how do you go from you yourself being in that position of devastation and, oh, my God, to I'm going to be this channel or, you know, whatever to help other people overcome that as well? Like, how did you get from there to there? Yeah, that is a great question. I'm thank you for asking that. So for me, it was all about the people and the community that surrounded me during that time of just like absolute tragedy. So I was really fortunate to be involved in my church at the time where I had support there. I had support with my two best friends, Kat and Joanna. I had support with my family, you know, my sister, my dad, my mom. I was very fortunate to have a really strong support system there along with all of Steve's friends. He had a base of like these good core group of like guy friends 
And they just all took me under their wing and they were like, whatever you need, Trish. So that freed up a lot of things for me with kids and normal duties and dinner that night. So it's the community of people that really put me in this space to be able to not just focus on myself, but understand that if this is what they're doing for me, I need to do something else for others. Mm. Like there's a reason why this process is happening the way it is for me, because I'm meant to do this. Yeah. And it is so important. Um, I just being uh, through the process, my brother, uh, he lost his partner of 10 years unexpectedly. And there was like nobody there for him except for me. And so like I took him on and like, which was awesome and also hard for both of us, you know, he's my older brother and I don't really know what to do. And it's just me. And so that is so important what you're doing, because for people who are trying to help um, people go through that, and I didn't know where to turn either, <laughs> you know, because I don't know what to do. How do I help this person through grief? Um, so, so now um, tell me, tell me a little bit more about you went from there to there. So that process happened. Were there certain steps that you think are super important for people to take in that process? Well, one, um, obviously this isn't for everyone, but one major thing for me was not only did I have community of people with just, you know, friends and family, but I also kind of stepped outside of the box a little bit. I had been involved in pageantry before I actually competed in the Mrs. Division before. And so I also had a community of, of my pageant girlfriends and it just so happened. It was like, I think it was four months four months after it happened, I got a call from, um, from one of my friends that said, Trish, did you hear this pageant system that I competed in before? It was the America system. Um, they now have a misdivision and it's accepting widows too. And I was like, mm. um, okay. So it's something I've already enjoyed doing. You know, I love that aspect of being a woman and being involved in pageantry and the sisterhood, but now I also get to share my message and inspire others in that way. So it, it was a really good marriage for being able to continue building who I was, but also doing what I also love to do, which is serving people, you know, the, the widows and the women out there who feel like they're confined to their circumstances. So although that's not for everyone, that's kind of the process that happened for me. But I think the biggest thing in going from a new widow to kind of rediscovering yourself is really just putting in the time to, to do it. You know, like there, there's so many things that we have to deal with on a normal basis with life. And then now having to feel like you have to do it on your own one, trust your resources. So, and utilize them. So people that, you know, even complete strangers that maybe are reaching out to you and they and they say, Hey, I want to help in any way I can trust that that's honest and utilize it because you, you don't have to do it on your own. So trusting that process and really utilizing people and utilizing, you know, your community to be able to give you this space that you need to start discovering yourself. Yeah. You know, I, I always feel that God, the universe, whoever's listening, insert whatever word works for you has mm -hmm. a plan. And, um, with that miss pageant right at that time, uh, yeah. you know, you're in you having that spark in you already to, to share that message is it was a gift, you know, you, what you're you sharing, everything is a gift. 
Um, and on the other end of that, community is what I heard. So for some people it might be the pageant, you know, but community is everything. Finding some kind of community to be a part of and to, to be there for you is, is cool. Um, I love, I love that. The universe is totally aligned. Like, you know, like sometimes if you are open and aware and, and putting that out there, it's, it's going to open the doors for you to do that, which is cool. For sure. Um, tell me a little bit about your book. I didn't even know that you were, I didn't yeah. do my research for you because I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, I see them on social media. I figure I'll just ask them on the podcast. So I apologize, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> no, that's okay. So, um, my book right here, it's called, I can see you from the stars. You can see my little ring there. Um, But so what I did was I intentionally only wrote this story for my kids and a little bit of creative outlet for myself. And the story is about the perspective is from the lost loved one speaking to the kids as though, you know, it has some really encouraging and hopeful things in there. Like, you know, I know you feel this way, but keep going, things, things like that. So basically keep living life because, I'm still here. I'm, you know, I'm, I will always be here. So that type of message. So when I was done with it and you can thank Dr. Seuss for the rhyming of it. Um, (laughs) you can really hear that in this story. So thank you, uh, Dr. Seuss. Um, but when I was finished, I, I had that aha moment where I was like, there's so many kids that need to hear this message that And statistically, there are one in 14 kids who have lost or will lose a parent by the age of 18. So there's a lot of kiddos out there that need this message. So when I was finished with it, I talked to my kids and I talked to Kat and I was like, what do you think of this? I know this is pretty, you know, (laughs) I don't know how to publish a book, so I don't know where to go, but I again, the universe, God opened up to me and he, he put the steps forward and, and he got me connected with the, the right people. And, um, so I'm published through Tellwell Publishing and, um, you can buy copies of this on Barnes and Noble, Amazon. I even think I saw it on walmart.com. So, um, it is, it is available and it's out there and I've had reviews where I've had grown people by this book and, um, even though the story is meant for a young child, there's something that happens in the soul when you read this, where it kind of opens that door with whatever kind of trauma you may have had, or, you know, if you have lost a parent when you were young, or maybe you've lost a kid, a baby, maybe you've lost a pet, you know, any, any type of loss, this story just has that little bit of spark of hope in there. And it just kind of like gives you that warm feeling. And I promise You'll probably cry, but it's going to be a happy cry. <laughs> I mean, I feel emotional just hearing you talk about it. And um, by the way, guys, everything will be in the show notes so you can go grab yourself a copy. Um, so important. Like, I mean, yeah, sure. It's important for everybody to kind of work through their emotions or have this type of message, but especially kids. So fun fact, little connection maybe between you and I is my my aunt, Holly, uh, she lost her son at five years old to neuroblastoma and realized that the child, when she spent all that time in the hospital, realized that the children don't necessarily understand what's happening to them. And um, they think it's their fault or, and I'm sure the same goes for if a parent passes away. Like, you know, it's the way that we process information is different and just writing a book yeah. for them is, is so freaking cool. So sorry, I said freaking, but <laughs> um, that that's uh, awesome. Actually, um, something that I did recently, um, 
gosh, I, I can't remember what month it was, but it was earlier this last, this last year. Um, I, I loved that I wrote a book and I published this book and, you know, the, the kids have it. It's something tangible for them to hold on to. But then I thought about, I thought about the littles a little bit more. And I said, well, you know, this is great, but I also, I'm a creative being too. So I was like, I would really like to have a version of this book where a kid can like read these pages, but also be able to be creative through the process to, to like put their feelings out on paper. So what I did, I actually converted it into a coloring book too. So that way a young kid, even though they don't quite know what these feelings are, you know, they can have this book read to them or they can read it if they're of that age. And if they're having a day where they're just like mad, they can just go to town in it. Or if they're happy, they can, you know, color bright rainbows, you know, whatever they want to do. So whatever they're feeling, they have an outlet to be able to do that while getting that same message of hope. So I thought that was really fun to be able to have something that is tangible, like a book, but also have something where it's like, you can just scribble in it and then toss it out if you want to, but being able to get those feelings out on paper for sure. Yes. That's, yeah. that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, so my mind is going back to being a widow, right. Mm-hmm. And taking time to do things for yourself. So obviously I'm not a widow. I've never even been married, but often I feel like I hear a lot that like when you start to date again, or you start to take care of yourself, like people can maybe like lash out at you or think that you're moving along too quickly or something. Does it, what, what would you say to somebody who's going through this experience and everyone has their opinions of how they should be handling this? Well, everybody's going to have their own opinions. I've had my fair few share. So um, the advice that I would give to a widow who's possibly, or a widower who's trying to move forward and just put themselves out there back in the dating pool, I would just say, go for it. You know, who, who cares what everybody else is going to say? I mean, it's your life. So do it now. Obviously, if it's heading down a pretty uh, not so great road, maybe, you know, this person is not a great fit. Your friends are going to keen you into that information. So just staying aware enough because our brain can totally pay, play tricks on us. Like, yeah, this is for you, even though it's definitely the ba- a very bad decision. Um, so listen to your friends and don't discount them, but you don't know until you know. So I would just say, you know, if you're going to put yourself out there, go for it. And you know, don't listen to all the negativity, but also don't be blind to it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your experience with that. Like, so what happened yeah. once you <laughs> once you started to um, feel, you know, a little bit better and, and all the yeah. things. And I know um, that pain never really truly goes away or, you know, but just take us through that process. Sure. I would love to share that process because it does it does end with a happy ending. So um, there is love after loss, which is great news. Um, if you're listening to this and you have that question. Um, so for me, I was kind of putting myself out there, not really, you know, serious, but, you know, really seeking attention in the beginning because everything is new and you just went through this traumatic experience. So you're going to make some mistakes along the way. Trust me. Um, but so I was actually dating this guy and it was getting fairly serious. And, um, my friends all thought I was crazy. So, um, 
there was a day that at the time, Kat was only my best friend and my best friend, my best friend, Joanna, they put together this beautiful, it was Steve and I's anniversary um, on May 25th. And they put together this beautiful collage of pictures of me and Steve and the kids and then um, beautiful roses. And, you know, it was just, it was such, it was such a beautiful thought. And I displayed it right on my kitchen table and um, Ethan, he was two, three-ish at the time. Um, he, he looked at the picture, the collage of pictures and he pointed at the guy in the picture and he said the guy's name that I was dating and not his dad's name. Mm. So I freaked out. It literally was a moment for me where I knew I was not ready to continue a relationship with another man because there was just so much trauma there where I'm like, ain't no other man going to raise my kids. There ain't no man going to tell me how I'm going to raise my kids. And there's no way in H-E-double-L hockey sticks that these kids aren't going to know who their father is and mistake him for somebody else. So that was kind of like that moment was an awakening for me, understanding that my future didn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. So long story short, um, I still kind of dated him for a little bit longer, but my best friend, Kat, who I had grown very, very strong feelings for, um, who just like was always that, that strong, like structure for me throughout this process. She's just, she's so centered and she has such a great, like, she's so empathetic and she really, really cares about people. So she was all there for me. So, um, and she's really hot anyway. So, um, it <laughs> was, it, it was a moment where, um, and we just, we'd grown through the, the last few years and it was like, I feel like it was just one day she was like, no, boop, you're mine. Like, I seriously feel like that's how it happened where it was like enough of this BS, you know, let's get the show on the road. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we, we've been together um, and it's, it's been amazing and the kids absolutely love her and we've grown as a family together, you know, kind of like starting a new journey here in Colorado and um, she is absolutely the best person that could have ever entered my life after something like that because she is so... Um, she's so passionate about making sure that Steve's you know, legacy is alive and well in the house and that the kids, you know, know him every day and that, you know, he is still very much a part of our life. So yeah, that's that story. <laughs> so you have a new partner and you don't have to have a, a, a new guy ever replaced, you know, Steve, which is amazing. You can have the best of both worlds, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I'm very blessed to, to absolutely have the best of both worlds. And I know that's not, that's not, the story that reads for a lot of people. So um, the thing that I want to stress about it though, is something that the process that happened for me is I actually fought it in the beginning pretty hard where I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be with another woman. I don't know if this is the life that I'm supposed to have. But once I kind of like dropped those, dropped that guard and dropped those boundaries and kind of unlearned some of my childhood, um, yes. it, 
it, it absolutely just started, you know, unfolding and, and became this, like this beautiful story from this tragedy. So I'm absolutely blessed. I love that. Um, so there's a question that I normally ask on this and, but I'm going to switch it up for you. Okay. Okay. Um, cause I think it will be valuable to the people who are listening. So normally I would ask you, and actually you can do both. I'll ask the other one at the end. Uh, normally I would ask, you know, what would you say to your childhood self if you could go back and give some advice? But I guess what I want to ask you is what would you say to yourself before, um, before you lost Steve? You know, if you could go back and talk to her, what advice would you give her? Honestly, I would, I would just say, you know, you're, this is such a great question because it is a question that I've thought about, but I don't, I wouldn't change anything. I think that the reason things unfold the way they do is because that is the story that's written. So, um, I would probably just, you know, give myself some advice saying, you know, you, you have loved and you have lost and you've known happiness and you have known tragedy, but that doesn't change who you are. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not all that you are. So, you know, just keep moving forward one day at a time and, and keep living life and mistakes will happen. But, you know, as long as you keep moving forward, you're going to learn from those mistakes and your life's going to be great. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, I know you don't know much about me, but Kat does. And, you know, there's times where I didn't want to move forward and many people don't want to move forward. And I think that advice is great for everybody because you really don't know in that moment, you feel a certain way, but when you keep moving forward, things change, you know, you adapt to situations, new things come about and um, just get through one step at a time. Just keep, keep moving forward. Um, yeah. Would you say anything to your childhood self? Any good advice? Childhood self. Yes, I would. I would say you don't have to be anything but who you are. You don't, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, you know, dress a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way. You are who you are and you're going to develop over time. So just trust that process and just keep loving who you are as you grow to know who you are. Ooh, I love that one too. You, you are a great, well, obviously you Miss Alaska, you're a great speaker. Um, <laughs> was there anything like when you come on, when you were thinking about coming on and um, joining us today that you wanted to make sure that people heard from you? Yes. Yeah, so it's all about my message with losing doesn't mean loss. So the idea that, you know, dealing with grief is really tricky and it comes in waves, you know, so you can feel okay at this point, but then the next day you're a hot mess and you're just like a puddle of tears and you don't want to talk to anybody. You just want to close the door, shut the blinds and, you know, be in complete darkness. But for me, I want to stress that although there is like a set seven stages of grief and it says you're going to go through these things and you feel like, well, when is that going to happen? right? Like what's the time frame? So for some reason, as human beings, we feel like we have to know everything and that's not the case. So what I really want to stress is in the process of grief, know that there is not a recipe for it and know that not any two stories of grief aren't the same. So you can't compare it to another. So 
keeping yourself, even though you're going through grief, open to empathy and open to um, being bold enough to share your story because every story is different and you never know who it's going to help or whose life it's going to save. So I think that's the biggest thing is getting to know yourself through the process, taking that power back and really using it as strength to help other people. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's what this is about here is stories. Stories are powerful, right? Um, yeah. And using our, I, I don't know if I love this phrase, but they say, turn your, your mess into your message, because yeah. I don't believe that anything is a mess. Everything is unfolding perfectly as, as we say, or exactly as it should. Um, but, but using that to inspire other and like to give back to others and to help them get through and to help them take that next step. So, um, they can get to where, you know, through whatever it is that they're going through. I love that so much. Yeah. I, I actually, I like that message. I think mess to a message is good, but taking it one step further because, you know, things are unfolding as they should, but we also have choice in the matter. So Mm -hmm. choosing to, not only have that message, but to take that message out to other people is kind of where, where the, the love language comes in and making yeah. sure that, making sure that you're not just harboring what seems like the worst thing in the world to you, you know, you're not harboring this gift that could be for someone else. That just um, sparked a question in my head that I hope is okay to ask. So a lot of times I'll see different videos, TikToks, uh, reels and stuff like that. And people might say, never ask somebody who's in grief these questions and, you know, or say this to somebody, which, you know, one of the things that somebody might say is like, everything's happening for you. And, and how do you feel or about that? And what, how should people speak or what? phrases should they stay away from or should they say to, to show people that they care and that they're there for them without being offensive does that make sense it does make sense and and there are a lot of good resources and a lot of good books that do have this specific um i guess how to <laughs> how to navigate grief as you know someone as a, as an outsider looking into someone but honestly i i feel like if something's been put on your heart to say to someone who's in grief, I think that you should say it without feeling like you need to tiptoe, but at the same time, you know, watch what you're saying. There are ways to deliver things that don't come across a certain way. So I think it's all in, in the way that you say Mm -hmm. something to someone. Um, and if that person who is dealing with grief, you know, is offended by that, then, you know, you'll, you'll either feel them back away or maybe they'll say it to you or, you know, hopefully what I, my hope is, is even though there can be this miscommunication between somebody who's dealing with grief and someone who's trying to help, um, I'm hoping that there is enough room for empathy and love in there on Mm -hmm. both sides where we can actually do some good and actually get somewhere rather than like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, I, I, I hope that we get there one day because I think that, I think that we're getting a little too carried away with, I know this is really bad to say, but everybody's feelings, which are valid, but at the same time, we can't be turned off to, you know, everybody else too. And only, you know, feel what we're feeling. 
you need to be able to go through what you're feeling, but still be open to, you know, what other people have to say mm-hmm. and understand that it's coming from a place of love and not a place of, you know, judgment. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that, 100%. Um, So what are you most excited about moving forward? Like what's next for you um, and your organization or like what's next? Yeah, so a couple things. So next week, actually, we are heading, we're staying the night in Denver and then we are driving to Vegas for nationals. So it is nationals week for the United States of America's pageants. And that'll be from the 16th through the 19th. So hopefully I'll be coming home with the title as Miss United States of America. And um, furthering that um, with my work with my podcast, The Widow Warrior, and through my efforts um, as an author, podcaster, social influencer, um, it's all in for me as far as like how to advocate for grief. So the, one of the things on my list is I'm heading to Orlando, Florida, the end of June, beginning of July, and the National Alliance for Children's Grief Symposium is happening there. And so I'm going to be there for the weekend, learning all I can with, you know, the new technology and the new resources that they have for children's grief. I'll be bringing my book, sharing my story, meeting with other colleagues. And um, so I'm really excited about that to kind of further my message, but also keep learning because I'm still a student to this as well, you know, being five years in. So, um, and then uh, one of the big things on my bucket list as Ms. United States of America or Trish as the widow warrior is traveling around the United States and making sure that schools, um, libraries, and uh, nonprofits that are associated with grief have a copy of my book And they have resources like my book to, um, to be able to give to those, you know, these kids in need who, who need this message of hope moving forward through grief. Oh, I love that so much. It's well, first of all, good luck, but did they allow you, um, like a chance to kind of share your story on stage or is it very like quick? Um, most of the, uh, stories that they're doing, um, so they did an Instagram live where they asked you questions, kind of like this forum where, you know, they asked you questions about your platform, what you're doing, what do you expect from nationals? Um, so they did that, but then also at nationals, how it works is you have patriotic wear, which is kind of like the costume part of it, which is really fun. And it's not really judged, but it's judged. (laughs) (laughs) have fitness which um are in swimsuits you get to choose your swimsuit so i think that's really cool that you get to bring a little piece of yourself instead of wearing what everybody else is wearing and then you have evening gown and then to start off the competition it's all about the interview so that is the most important that's where the judges really get to know you um they get to know you know what your platform is what you plan to do and how you plan to represent as this title holder so um i'm really excited about that part but I'm excited about the entire competition because I love all of it. <laughs> yes. Well, Trish Cook doing yes. some big things. Um, that's, uh, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know where that was going to go, but I love uh, the fact that you wrote that book for, for the kids. Um, it kind of, it really just kind of holds a spot in my heart just with my aunt doing the same similar thing. Yeah. And it really is such an important thing. You know, sometimes people are so wrapped up in, in themselves because they're going through things themselves that they don't even know how to 
help kids work through this as well. So um, right. super, super important. Awesome. Is there anything else you would like to share before we, before we sign off? Um, I guess what I would really like to say as far as, you know, why this pageant, why are you representing, you know, widows, why you basically, and the biggest thing that really drew me to continue pageantry with everything that I'm doing is because I get to be authentic, like to myself, I get to share my message, you know, about being a widow and what I'm doing with my platform, but also the fact that this pageant system is so progressive enough and so inclusive to know my lifestyle and know that who I choose mm. to love is who I choose to love. And they are so accepting of that. So I am so thankful that I get to represent the queer community in that way in pageantry because it's not done enough. Yeah, I didn't even really think of that. Um, other, other, any other, you know, I don't know, queer. I, I don't really, really use that word. Uh, <laughs> LGBTQ plus people yeah. in the um, in the pageants, or are you like the token? I don't know. Um, I I'm excited to find out. Um, statistically speaking, probably, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm the only one out there that is sharing my lifestyle in that way. Um, so I would, I would like to say that there are, but the representation isn't always there, or maybe, maybe, um, the comfortability is not always there to feel accepted in that way. So I'm just excited that I'm not afraid to share who I am and who I love and what I'm all about, because if you're not doing that, then why are you doing it? Right. We need mm -hmm. transparency, you know, in a system where people think it's all about, beauty and you have to be this perfect being. And that's not the case at all. It's all about empowering, inspiring and uplifting. That's the motto of this pageant. And that's how I live my life. So I'm just so excited that they're very accepting of that. And they're, they are, you know, really backing what I'm doing. And they're really, you know, the foundation for a lot of women to share what they're doing. So I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I hope you win. I'll be following Thank along you. and mm -hmm. I'll make sure to put all anyone who's listening, check the show notes. And at the end, I, I will say how you can follow along with Trish. Um, and we'll have this out on Monday. So they'll be able to, you know, go through that with you, right? Because it's next week. Yes. Yeah, so um, everything kicks off for pageant weekend on the 16th. And I believe that's a Wednesday. I think oh, I think it's a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Monday's the 14th. So um, awesome. Well, I'm excited. And thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. All right, guys, that was Patricia Cook, Miss Alaska, um, the Widow Warrior podcast on Spotify. And, uh, you know, children's book i can see you from the stars i'm excited to learn all the things about trish so here's the thing i'm going to add where you can follow her and uh find more information out about what she's doing in the description so make sure to check that and i really hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you found some value in it maybe uh something that you're going through or, or somebody in your life and you can relate a little bit more or you know learn in some way from trish so i hope you guys have an amazing day and i'll be back again soon